Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise Amen. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this Bible study. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor and the glory, God, today. We thank you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom and understanding that your name may be glorified, that you may be praised, God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God a round of applause. God bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Amen. Um, We're going to be starting a new series with the help of the Lord, which is on the book of Ephesians. And uh, I want to go over some things with you. Um, The Bible tells us, first of all, uh, Paul... Um, the first verse of Ephesians, the Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesians, Ephesus, um, and the uh, faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible's telling us that Paul's writing uh, to the brothers and sisters in Ephesus, and uh, it's a letter to the brothers that are there, brothers and sisters that are already baptized, uh, already filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, already have the evidence of speaking in other tongues, uh, brothers and sisters that are already in the church, giving God the honor and the glory. And Paul's writing to them and telling them their status of where they're at, what they're supposed to be doing, um, and how they're supposed to be functioning. See, because when you come into the church, you can't bring the same attitude that you had out in the world and bring it into the church because it's a different culture. It's a different, uh, totally different in the kingdom of God. You got to change your attitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, change your attitude. You got to change the attitude because now it's different. Before you didn't humble yourself, but now you got to learn how to humble yourself. Before you didn't, you had a lot of anger, but now you're supposed to have joy. Before you had a lot of confusion, but now you got peace. Can you say amen, church? So we have to learn how to live in those and ask God to guide us and direct us, grab scripture, and be a doer of the word of God and not just a hearer. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, be a doer. You got to learn to be a doer and not just a hearer of the Word of God. We have too many people that go to church all their lives, grew up in church, and never are doers of the Word of God. They never get into the Word of God depth to understand what God wants uh, because the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth is what's going to set you free. So you got to know the truth, you got to understand what truth is. It's real easy to justify yourself to come and ease your conscience in the house of the Lord and say, I went to church, so I'm, I feel good. But that's not, that's not it. That's not what the Lord wants. What the Lord wants is for you to understand his will and understand what God wants you to do. That way you can continue to start doing it and get to the place where God wants you to be. That way you can function and be an example for the kingdom of God to other people that are just walking into the house of the Lord. It's sad when somebody has been in the kingdom of God or in the, in the house of the Lord for such a long period of time and they still act like they just got converted yesterday. Can you say amen, church? You got you to gotta change your, 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 um, your attitude. You have to change what God is doing in your life and become a doer of the word of God instead of just a hearer only. So we want God to take us to the next level. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, next level. It's okay if you uh, understand uh, where you're at and that you need to get to the next level. It's, it's uh, very difficult when somebody doesn't see themselves in the level they're, supposed to, they're at and then see that they have to change. You, have to, you cannot change anything you don't see. So if you see yourself in a certain area, you can change it and get to the next level of your life. Can you say amen, church? Somebody says you have an anger problem and you say no, you don't, then you'll never change that because you already live with that anger problem and it's going to be very difficult for you to change it. 
Amen. This is why you need to pray. Ask the Lord to guide you, direct you in what you need to do so that God can take you to the next level of your life. You know, this is the way that we were trained when we were brought up. Some of you had a father. Some of you did not have a father. Some of you had uh, a father that was um, uh, ungodly. Some of you had mothers that were ungodly. So you grew up this way. And as you're growing up in this way, it's very difficult because some people can stay stuck in that area of a victim mentality. So when you get stuck in a victim mentality, you say, I was, this is the way I was brought up, Pastor, and it's very difficult for me to change. And I understand that. Believe me, I understand that. This is why you need the power of the Holy Ghost to help you to change. You need to pray every day. You need to speak in tongues every day. You need to get a hold of God every day of your life because you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you can't do it by yourself. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to help you. If you think that you can do it, then by yourself, that's not what the Bible says. He says you are, he, the Bible says that you need the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, who the Father sent in my name. He will teach you and bring all things to your remembrance. That's John chapter 14, verse 26. But I want you to understand that the comforter is there to help you, to guide you and direct you. So you can't bring the same attitude that you had when you were out in the world and try to bring it into the church. If you had anger, you got to start dealing with it. If you had confusion, you have to start dealing with it. And you go to your leaders to help you to deal with those things because they have, they're, they've been dealing with those things also in the church. So you go to your leaders. If your leaders can't help you, go to the supervisors. They can help you. If they can't, then you come to the pastor, and then I'll help you with the help of the Lord. But one of the things that I want you to understand is there's guidance, there's direction on what you should do. You shouldn't just stop and say, nobody showed me. We need people that are going to show us because it, people desire to change. Can you say amen, church? It's like the eunuch when Philip came and visited the eunuch in the desert. And uh, he asked him, Philip asked him, do you know what you're reading? He was reading the scroll. And he actually told him, I don't, how, how can I except some man show me? So that's what we need. We need people that are going to stand in the gap and say, hey, I know what the Lord revealed to me. I'm going to help you to get to the next level of your life. We need some Phillips in the house. And Philip, the Bible says Philip explained it to him, helped him to understand it so much so that when he came to Philip uh, and Philip, and Philip, he taught him baptism in Jesus' name and he taught him being filled with the Holy Ghost, that the eunuch himself as they were going in the chariot, Philip and him, the eunuch himself asked Philip, Philip, I see some water right there. What's stopping me from getting baptized? Instead of Philip bringing it up and said, hey, there's some water there. Do you want to get baptized? The eunuch, Philip taught him so well that when he seen water, he seen the first opportunity and said, hey, man, Philip, can we stop right here? Because there's some water there and I want to get baptized because I want to make heaven my home and I want to serve God with everything that I got. So I want you to understand that we need uh, leaders, Timothys, that are going to teach them, show them, and help them to get to the next level of their life. If you don't have a desire to teach, or you don't have a desire to show someone, or be in a group, or be in a Timothy, or be a leader, amen, your desire stops with you because the desire for someone in the kingdom of God is to grow. Jesus always wanted his disciples, that's why he taught them for three and a half years of what they should and should not be doing. Because he didn't want them to stay at that level. He wanted them to go and continue to grow and become leaders in the kingdom of God. And that's exactly what happened. So that he wanted them to come and, and be powerful in the kingdom of the Lord and understand and mature in God. Don't stay the same. You can't stay the same as being immature in the kingdom of God. You have to mature and become a powerful man of God and a powerful woman of God so that God can guide you and direct you and that way you can take somebody to the kingdom of God. It's so amazing to me how a person who is, a, who is a, already mature in the Lord 
can go ahead and give somebody a Bible study and they can see the salvation, get them baptized, get them filled with the Holy Ghost and take them to a different realm of the kingdom of God is so powerful to me. It's amazing to me that that's the miracle. Not so much of healing of your legs, which it is also a miracle, but the greatest miracle is your mind being transformed to know what God wants in your life. That's the most powerful miracle. One of the number one things is that the, 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 the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, it was very difficult for them because the Lord delivered them out of Egypt, but they were so used to Egypt. The Bible says that they were there and they would um, be the cooks, be the servants, be everything in Egypt that they served them. There were some people that were servants in the house, in their houses. So when they came out and the Lord Moses brought them out of Egypt to deliver them, their hearts and their minds were still in Egypt. And this is why it was so difficult for them because year after year, um, and, and month after month, they were always talking about the way it used to be and how good they had it in Egypt. So this is why I'm telling you, you can't bring the same mentality that you had when you were in Egypt and try to bring it into the kingdom of God, because it's not going to work. The Bible says they were delivered, but they were never set free. Can you say amen, church? A baby's delivered once, but they were never set free. So my point is, is that they were delivered from Egypt, but their minds were not set free. There's some people that were delivered in the kingdom of God, but you're never really set free because you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Can you say amen, church? Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? <laughs> keep doing the same thing. Over and over again. There has to be a change. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you have to have the mentality to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There has to be a renewing inside of your heart and your mind. According to Romans chapter 12 verse 2. You got to change your heart and your mind in order for you to have different results in the kingdom of God. You can't try to function the way you used to in the kingdom of God because in the kingdom of God is totally different and you have blessings upon blessings where God wants you to be at. So you can't deal with it another way. This is where it brings us to the book uh, of uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, and the Bible tells us, according to this, uh, the Bible says this in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So the Bible, first of all, tells us that you've been blessed. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you've been blessed. And he says that you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So the Bible's telling us that the same places that Jesus Christ broke the bondage of sin and broke these areas of sin is the same place that you're blessed with also. So the Bible's telling us that here he's saying you've been blessed, he blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So then we are no longer in a place where we used to be, but now we're in a place of liberty, of freedom, of, um, of where power and authority, where God has given you, when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, that thing was broken. Now you have to start learning how to be trained in an area of the kingdom of God in order for you to have authority and have power. When Jesus walked on the earth, he wasn't timid. He wasn't shy. He wasn't uh, sad in one corner. As a matter of fact, he had so much authority that the demons came out and said, hey, we know who you are. And he said, hey, be quiet. Shut up. Don't say nothing. Because he's the one that put the demons in their spot. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And you need to have the same attitude when you walk along, knowing that God has filled you with the Holy Ghost and given you power and authority that no matter where you go, you can pray for somebody and they'll get delivered and get set free. How many believe that here today? I said, how many believe that here today? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you better recognize. 
You better recognize that you have power and you got authority. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you got power and authority. Somebody that has power and authority, walk like they got power and authority. They talk like they got power and authority. They're not passive. It's not a passive individual. You've never seen an officer that's passive. Can you say amen, church? He'll pull out those handcuffs and handcuff you real quick. Tell you where to sit, what to do, how to do it. That's the same authority that you need to have in the spiritual realm to trust in the Lord and put God first. Say, devil, you're a liar. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So the Bible's telling us that he's given us, uh, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So I want you to understand the things that Christ's done, we can do. And the things that Christ went and bypassed in the spiritual, we can do also. We can pray and it'll change the atmosphere in your home. You can worship God and it'll change the atmosphere in your house. You can go ahead and start quoting scripture and it'll change your attitude and your heart and your mind. Can you say amen? You're not supposed to wake up. You're not supposed to wake up sad and confused with anger. You're supposed to use the scripture to put yourself under subjection and uplift the name of the Lord and give him praise and give him worship. That's what we're supposed to do. So you need to know your word. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you need to know your word. So the Bible tells us that here, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. The Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, um, uh, but against principalities. And the Bible's telling us that here we have authority and we have power. So if we have power and authority, you need to walk like you have power and authority. And you also in your house, when something starts to happen, you can get down on your knees and start praying and start rebuking any kind of spirit that does not belong in your house. Because you have authority. The problem is, is that most of us or some of us don't look at it and start rebuking the spirit, we start rebuking the person instead of the spirit. You think it's your wife that's getting you upset, but it's the spirit behind your wife. You think it's your husband that's getting you upset, but it's the spirit behind your husband. Can you say amen, church? You have to, it has to be spiritually discerned. That's why the Bible says a carnal mind can understand the spiritual things. It's very difficult for them. So that's why they blame people in church. It's very difficult because they look at all the brothers and all the sisters that they did this. They've treated me this way. They didn't say praise the Lord to me. They didn't look at me. You know, I'm, I'm hardly here. Do I even belong here? I don't understand. I don't even know if I should be here tonight. The devil is a liar. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. As a matter of fact, the Bible says... The Bible tells us that it's great and wonderful how brethren should dwell in unity. It's supposed to be so powerful that we all come together and glorify God as a whole. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us that we have power in heavenly places. If we have power in heavenly places, then we can go ahead and activate what God has given us. We do not have to be shy or timid or uh, be afraid that's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So we don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen in the future. As a matter of fact, we should be looking forward to what's going to happen in the future because it's already in God's hands. It's already protected in God's hands. So according to the scriptures, we have power and you got authority. You need to know how to use that power and how to use that authority. Some people get so worried about their child, about their wife, about their husband, that they don't use the authority in the house to go ahead and cast out that sickness, cast out that disease, cast out those things. But you're supposed to go ahead and be uh, spiritually minded. The Bible says 
the person that is spiritually minded, amen, is going to think on spiritual things. And the one that's carnal minded is going to think on carnality. So the Bible's telling us for us, we need to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible's telling us here in, in Ephesians, in chapter 1, and the Bible says in verse 4, it says, According, he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, this goes in deep because the Bible tells us that according, he has chosen us before the foundations of the world. That means that before the world was created, he knew you. Can you say amen, church? Your, your mama didn't know you, your daddy didn't know you, but God knew who you were before the foundations of the world. This tells us, this tells us that you're ordained of the Lord to be here. That it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be here and ordained of the Lord and that he already knew you before you even knew yourself. That he already knew you before the foundations of the world. He already ordained this before the foundations of the world. You were, you were already created before the foundations of the world. That's mind-blowing because God already had a plan for you, amen, before the foundations of the world. God already knows your purpose and knows where you're supposed to be at. God already knows your purpose. Turn to your neighbor and tell him purpose. You need a purpose because your purpose is what's going to wake you up in the morning. Your purpose is what's going to tell you, this is where I got to get to with the help of the Lord. Your purpose is going to say, this is where I need to be because God is going to take me to that place. Your purpose. You need to have a purpose. Can you say amen? So according to the scripture, the Bible says that he's chosen you before the foundations of the world. So according to this scripture, the Bible says that God already knew the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, according to that scripture. So that means that he already finished what he started. So what we do is we start and then we finish. God, to us, that's normality. But in reality, it's backwards because we're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. Because we were created in him, and we come from him. So that means we're a spiritual being having an earthly experience. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us that here, according to the foundations of the world, uh, we st according to the way we do it, we start and then we finish. God already finishes, and then he starts according to the scriptures. According to these scriptures, before the foundations of the world, you were already created, you already had authority, you already had power, and you had a dominion. So the Bible tells us that he already finished, and then he comes back here and he starts. So the Bible's telling us that he already knew the end from the beginning, and he knows your end, he knows your purpose. So if he knows your purpose, you don't create your purpose. You discover your purpose when you go to the throne of God and seek the face of the Lord. Then you discover your purpose. Can you say amen, church? So you discover it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, discover it. You don't create it. You don't create your purpose. You discover your purpose. Because God already created you for a purpose from the beginning. According to the scriptures, according he has chosen us, chosen him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So the Bible's telling us that he has chosen him, but we're already in Christ. We already have the power and the authority of Christ. And the Bible's telling us before the foundation of the world, we were created. That is awesome. That is powerful. That when you were yet sinners, God died for you. When you were in sin, he already had the plan for you in the beginning of how it's supposed to be. He 
He already sees, he already sees you married with children. He already sees you in the ministry. He already sees you singing. He already sees different ministries. He sees so power. He already see, he already has it taken care of. He already, as a matter of fact, he already sees your children. You ain't even got no children. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible's telling us that here we have been chosen before the foundations of the world. If we go down to verse 8, it says, Wherein he has abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mysteries of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. So the Bible's telling us we're supposed to know the will of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're supposed to know the will of God. You are. You're supposed to know. According to the scriptures, let's go to uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. If you can turn there, brother, up there, monitor. Yeah. The Bible says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you're the one that's supposed to know the will of God in your life. Pastor, you got to show me what the will of God is. You need to know what the will of God is in your life. According to that scripture, you need to recognize. And you need to know what it is. You can't go to this person, and you can't go to that person. You need to ask the Lord, go to the throne of grace, and ask the Lord, Lord, show me what the will of God, your will is for my life. So the Bible's telling us that here, he's having made known unto us the mysteries of his will. So here we can easily say that God shows you mysteries. You need to have revelation. If you are stuck in an area where you have not gotten a revelation in a long time, then you need to break through to get a revelation. Because the moment you got that first revelation, the last revelation, you change. Your body changed, your attitude changed, your heart changed, everything changed about you. When you got a revelation, your prayer changed, your reading changed, everything changed. Even your relationships changed because you got a revelation. If you are stuck with the same revelation from two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, you need to get a fresh revelation from the Lord. You need to get the word of God and start putting it inside of you. You need to get in the, in the presence of the Lord and start letting God use you for his honor and for his glory. You can't get stuck in the same spot over and over again and think that it's okay. That's not what God wants because when God gave you the revelation, you changed. You changed in a heartbeat. You changed so fast that you even started self-examining yourself. You were like Zachary when, he, when Jesus came to his house. He said, man, uh, man, I took from people and I'm going to give them back everything. And I started self-examining his heart, his mind. I started saying, man, I'm going to give everything back even four times more. Because you need to see what God is doing. I'm telling you, if you're stuck in an area and you feel spiritually stuck, you need a breakthrough. You need to let go and let God do what he has to do in your life. You can't allow the enemy to come in and just leave you stagnant. Can you say amen, church? Because the Bible tells us that here, according to this, that you were created before the foundations of the world. You were created. You know, you should know the will of God in your life. But the Bible's telling us that here, God created us before the foundations of the world. That's powerful. That means you're not a mistake. Can you say amen, church? They probably, your parents probably had you out of wedlock. It was probably something that happened. Amen. They didn't even get married. But God already knew the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. So you are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. And I want you to understand that when God starts to deal with you, God already had the plan from the beginning. This is why when uh, I, I got the news that my, my mother uh, talked to me when at the age of 50, and she told me that I was a, a product of 
here I am, I have a church, I have the programs, I, I've been giving Bible studies, I won some people to the Lord, I did this, I do that, went to uh, Bible college, did this, went here, went there, and here I'm doing the will of God, and then my mom tells me at the age of 50, she says, you're a product of a rape. And I'm like, what? Rocked my whole world and said, what, what am I doing here? What? All my, all my life is a, is a lie. It's been a lie. It's been this. And the scriptures came right back to me and said, I have ordained you before the foundations of the world. I have called you. I have called you. I have ordained you. Before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you. He says, he started, the scriptures came back to me, and I, my feelings wanted to get a hold of me, and the scriptures were saying, nope, I already knew you, I already ordained you, I already knew that you're going to be a man of God, I already knew this was going to happen. You can't wallow in the past, you got to start moving forward in the future. So the Lord knows the end from the beginning, and the beginning from the end. He knows it was difficult for me, I never... I didn't never knew about church. I never understood about church until I came to the program. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to fast. I didn't even know how to read the word. I didn't even hardly know how to do anything, let alone uh, teach or preach. And you have to understand that when you start giving your heart over to the Lord and you start getting into the presence of God, he'll take you places you ain't never imagined. He'll take you places you ain't never seen. You never even thought would be possible. God will take you to places that's so powerful. That you will decide to serve the Lord. Let me tell you something. Success uh, is predicted. And failure is predicted. I, when I came to the Lord, I predicted success. And the reason why is because I made the decision to serve God for the rest of my life. And when I made that decision, I decided I was going to choose success. The moment I would have choose not to serve God, then I would have choose failure. And I would have chose failure for the rest of my life. So in the condition of where you're at, it's okay, but it's not. Don't say it's because of a victim mentality. That my father and my mother and my, and my uncle that did this to me and my aunt that did this to me. You can't choose and stay in that area because God has given you a choice to choose to get up and out of the victim mentality and become a man of God and a woman of God that God wants you to be. So you cannot blame the church. You cannot blame brothers and sisters. If it wasn't for that pastor, if it wasn't for this sister, if it wasn't for that brother, they did me wrong. They did this. They did that. Let me tell you something. You're not there to serve the brothers and sisters. You're there to serve God. And in serving God, then you serve the brothers and sisters. You're not there to hold them in God's stead. You're not there to hold them in God's stead. God comes first. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God comes first. Can you say amen, church? God has to come first in your life. And this is why your actions speak louder than your words. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, actions speak louder. When you choose to go ahead and put God first, prayer becomes a priority. When you choose to put God first, reading the word becomes priority. When you choose to put God first, coming to the house of the Lord becomes priority. And I never knew this until I had children. I never, I, I had an idea, I had a concept, but once I had children, wait a minute, this is powerful. I have a child and I can train him any which way. I, I know what my father did and here I can train him what he taught me what not to do, so I'm going to train them what to do. So I'm going to train them to be in the house of the Lord and give God all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. Does that make sense? I'm going to train them. I'm going to train them. I'm going to train them to be powerful. 
awesome, supersede me, and become men of God and women of God like nobody's business. And let me tell you something. One of the most powerful things is a backslider. That backslider fell in one area or another. And let me tell you something. The devil's so scared of backsliders that the moment they get the, the, the switch inside of their head and come back to the Lord, they know I'm never going to fail in that area ever again. I will never fall in that hole again of deceit, of lie, of being offended, of being hurt. I will never, ever fall. And the devil knows how powerful you are when you make up your mind. I'm just telling you. The devil knows how powerful you are when you make up your mind to serve God. Doesn't matter. Nothing should stop you from serving the Lord with all your heart. And here the Bible tells us, you know, one of the things is the Bible says that you have authority, you have power, and uh, you have been chosen before the foundations of the world. So if you have been chosen before the foundations of the world, according to that scripture, you need to walk like you have authority. And you need to talk like you got authority over the enemy, over the sadness, the confusion, the depression. When you walk into a room and you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in Jesus' name, you can go ahead and start speaking life into it. I remember so clearly um, going into my kids' rooms and speaking life, praying over them as they were asleep and saying, these are going to be men of God, women of God. God's going to do something great in their life. And I was speaking into their life. I was speaking what God is going to do. I remember that so clearly. And God honored that. And here now they are uh, preachers and teachers and everything else. And my point is, is that you have to start doing the same. If you have the power, you have the authority, and you've been chosen before the foundations of the world, you weren't just chosen just to be chosen. You were chosen for a purpose. And you were chosen for God to do something great in your life. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible's telling us that here he has a purpose according to Verse 8, it says, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, having made known unto us the mysteries of his will. So the Lord knows, you're supposed to know the will of God in your life. The more you seek the face of the Lord, the more the Lord starts to show you. And if you don't know, you at least got to have a vision. You got to have a vision. A vision to help people uh, a vision to go ahead and whether it's your company, whether it's a, a house, whether it's a, a, to give home Bible studies, whether to be a teacher, whether to show them, you got to have a, some kind of vision. Because if you don't have a vision, it's going to be very difficult for you. The vision actually tells you what you should and should not be doing. The vision will actually tell you if somebody comes and says, hey, you know what, let's go over here. Your vision will say, man, I got to get up tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock so I can't even go over there. I can't even be up at 10 or 11, let alone I got to be up and ready to go because the vision is telling me this is what I got to do. So the vision will actually tell you don't do that and don't go there. So you need a vision of what God is trying to show you. So if you have a vision that God created you before the foundations of the world and there's a purpose in your life, you're not just going to be falling for anything. You're going to be standing for what God wants in your life. And you're going to say, devil, you're a liar. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm just not going to fall for anything, for any subject, for anything that's there. I'm going to trust in God with everything that I got. Can you say amen, church? Come on, let's give God a round of applause. It's okay. So the Bible's telling us that here, you know the will of God in your life. You're supposed to know the will of God in your life. The way you know that is you pray, you seek the face of the Lord, and you start communicating with, with God and get to know what, um, what Jesus wants in your life. And the reason for that is because any son 
that walks up to his father and says, Dad, what are we doing? He's going to tell him, hey, son, we're doing this, we're doing that, or we're washing the car. You grab the bucket, you do this. There is direction. There is some kind of direction to show your son or your daughter, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. This is the plan. And you feel part of it. You feel, hey, let's do this. Let's, let's move forward in this plan. Let's go ahead and do this. I'm going to be a help. You even bring out the bucket. You even do this. You even do that. And you be a help. To it. That's the way you're supposed to be working with the Lord. The exact same way. You're supposed to know what God wants in your life. And is this not just something that happens? We're supposed to go and pray, seek the face of the Lord, let God guide you and direct you so that you can know what God wants. You know, some of you have gotten the vision of what God wants. If not all of you, but some of you have gotten the vision. When you get baptized or even before you got baptized, you've seen yourself preaching or you've seen yourself singing or you've seen yourself in a ministry. You've seen it. You, you were like, wow, man, I see that. You see yourself when you're like, man, I, I see myself in a ministry doing this, and I see myself, and then when time passes and trials and tribulations come, it kind of diminishes, but it's still there. The vision is still there. The vision that God showed you is still there. It's up to you to fulfill what God showed you in that area. Why? Because he, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world, he knew you. It was already ordained for you. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible's telling us that we need to start walking in the newness of Christ and walk where God wants us to walk. Verse 15 says this. Uh, verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, this is Paul, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks to you, making mention to you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, and give you unto the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That means that you need revelation and you need knowledge. Knowledge to know what God is taking you in an area of where you need to be at. So the Bible's telling us you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That means that you need to put some stuff inside of you. Every one of us puts stuff inside of us in our head, in our minds. TV. You got your, you got your, you got your uh, iPad, you got your iPhone. You see stuff that you ain't even supposed to see. I ain't getting no amens on that one, but that's okay. <laughs> I know I'm on the right track. So I want you to understand that you see things that you're not even supposed to see. So you put stuff inside of your heart and your mind, but the Bible's telling us that we should be putting the Word of God inside of us so that we can know the will of God in our lives. We've got to know the will of God. We've got to know what God wants in our life in order for us to direct, to show, to help, and to kind of guide through as a, someone that's in the house of the Lord. And I think I told you this already. The Bible says for us to pray for the laborers uh, because the harvest is plenty, but pray for the laborers because a laborer is skilled in what he does. He's skilled in knowing when to plant the seed. You can't just plant it in any season. It has to be a certain season. And then they have to water it. You can't overwater it or else you kill it. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You just don't get anybody from Home Depot and come over and say, come on, water my plant, put a seed in the ground. You got to get a skillful individual with the labor. That's why Jesus said, Let's, the harvest is plenty. I need you to pray for the laborers. I don't need you to pray with somebody that has wisdom and understanding and that's mature in the kingdom of God to help the ones that are out there. I need you to help them. I need somebody that's going to sacrifice their selfishness and say, you know what? I'm going to learn. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to step it up. I'm tired of being in the same spot. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to be a husband. I'm going to be somebody in the kingdom of God. I'm tired of being in the same spot, same thing over and over again. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that God already has you in the palm of his hand, according to um, Isaiah 41.10. Uh, the Bible tells us, let's go to Isaiah 41.10. 
The Bible already tells us, he says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. If they can put it up on the board, that would be great. Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, and yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, the Bible tells us here, the very first thing he says, don't be afraid. Because that's everybody deals with fear. Everybody starts dealing with fear, anxiety, can't sleep, it's hard for you. You're more worried about the bills than you are the kingdom of God. Can you say amen, church? So it's, it, it takes a toll on you, responsibility, especially on a man. Because a man is not used to responsibility. And then when he gets responsibility, it's like a load upon his shoulders. Sister, you better thank God that brother stays. I'm just saying. Because there's a lot of them that don't stay. But you better thank God that there's a man that's saying, I'm going to do it anyway. The pressures of life are coming and I'm going to stay. My father left, but I'm going to stay. Things happen in the world, but I'm going to stay. There's pressures that happen, but I'm going to stay. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that here, there are things that happen in our lives where God starts to deal with us. And we take, God to take us to the next level of our life. You can't stay in that same spot. You got to move where God wants you to move. And revelation will do that to you. When you start coming to prayer and getting a hold of God, God starts to change your house, starts to change your family, starts to change things that happen that you would never think of before in your life. Look, I never raised, I never raised a preacher. I never raised a, 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 a singer. I never raised them. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to raise children. I didn't know what to do. But I had to run to the house of the Lord and seek the face of the Lord and ask God for wisdom and understanding. Because I didn't know how. And if you say you know how, you're funny. Because you don't know how either. And you think you might know how, but you don't know how. The Bible says without me, you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing without the Lord. The Lord has to come first in your life. I know what I'm telling you. I know what I'm telling you. When you start raising your children, you're, you don't know whether you're doing it the right way or the wrong way. You don't know whether you're going this way or that way. And you're just, you're praying and asking God, God, give me wisdom and understanding. Because I don't know if I'm doing this or I'm doing that right or I'm doing this or I should do it this. And God gives you wisdom and understanding to guide them and direct them because they are the fruit of what God is going to do in your life. And let me tell you something. I don't, I never wanted to go ahead and lose them to the world. I never, I told myself, uh, you know, we grew up in Family Life Center and uh, my kids grew up in Family Life Center. And I've seen a lot of kids leave and everything else. And I told them, you know what, that's not going to happen. The, the parents left, some of the parents left and everything. I told them, you know what, that's not going to happen. I refuse to lose my kids to the world. I refuse. I will never, I, I refuse. I, ref, I will fast 21 days. I got a hold of God. I, I prayed. I said, Lord, I took him to counseling. I took him to another counselor, a, a pastor. I took him to another. I was like, man, this ain't going to happen. The devil is not going to snatch my family. We need some brothers and sisters that are determined to make heaven their home and their kids are going to make it all the way regardless of what comes their way. We need some leaders that have made up their mind and said, you know what, the devil's a liar. I'm not gonna lose my kid to the world. They're not gonna be lost anymore. I'm gonna trust in God. I'm gonna sacrifice. I'm gonna put myself to one side. Why? Because I already been before the foundation of the world. God already knew that I was supposed to be in the house of the Lord. My son is supposed to be in the house of the Lord. My daughter's supposed to be in the house of the Lord. I already knew. God already knew this before the foundations of the world that we're supposed to be here. 
I'm not going to do that. It's, it's never in God's will for somebody to leave or for somebody to, to go back into the world. It's never God's will. Amen. And I refuse. I need, we need some brothers and sisters that are going to stand in the gap and make up your mind. Because there's a one thing God cannot change is your mind. He gives you your self-own will to make up your own mind to serve the Lord. And that's why it was so difficult for the people of Israel. Because they were delivered, but they weren't set free because they couldn't change their mind of how they had it in Egypt. And God, all through the, through the, through the desert, tried to change their mind and brought them to water, a miracle out of a rock, and water out of a rock, still didn't change their mind. Brought food down from heaven, still didn't change their mind. Miracle after miracle, and it still didn't change their mind. So God is looking for somebody to understand that God has created you before the foundation of the world. You need to talk like it. You need to act like it. You need to become a man of God, a woman of God, because he did not just create you for nothing. He created you for a purpose, and there's a purpose in your life. I'm going to say this, and then I'm out. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's out. So I think the very first time I went to jail was at the age of 11. And I went to jail and I was in there and I was scared. I was scared as a little kid. I was scared. But I had to put on a front. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, at those ages, you know, you don't know what you're going to get into. You're just like, yeah, let's do it, you know. But then the next, it got so easier and easier after that year after year, getting in trouble and getting in trouble. But you know, God, is, God had his hand upon me because he already knew that I was going to be your pastor. So the reason why I'm saying this is because of this. God already knows where you're going to be at in your ministry later on. You are not counted out. Just because I was in jail, just because I went to, to, to different prisons, doesn't mean that I was out. God already had the plan. And I'm letting you know that it's, God already has the plan for you. I don't care if you're illiterate. I don't care where you've been at, what you're doing. God already has the purpose for you and the plan of where you're supposed to be at. And not only that, where your kids are supposed to be at, where your children are supposed to be at. The devil is a liar. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm here to tell you and I'm here to declare the devil is a liar today. He lied to you one too many times. We're here to take it back because the Bible tells us God already knew us before the foundation of the world. Amen. So I just want you to understand that there is a lot more where you need to go and a lot more ministries of what God wants to do, not only through you, but through your children. God wants to do a powerful work through you and your children. Amen. Everybody believe that here today. So I want everybody to stand right now and let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, but let's pray that we would go ahead and change our mindsets, that God would do a tremendous work in your life so that you're not the same from this day forward. God wants to do something in your life. He doesn't, whoever wants prayer right now, just just for what we've been talking about because I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You can come on up.